faithwire.com. More details are pouring in from the Texas school shooting, including the horrific last final chilling words from the killer. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. My name is Dan Andros, joined as always today by Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire with a look at what's coming up on the podcast today. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. We are almost to the weekend. Almost right, there. It's Friday Junior. Almost there. A tough week. It's been a it's been just a tough week having to go through and just the more we learn about this shooting, it's just it's unimaginable and uh, you know, especially, you know, for uh, speaking for myself having kids, you know, you just kind of put yourself in that scenario as a parent and um it's it's just unimaginable that level of evil. So, but there are some stories of bravery and heroism and um, that we're going to go through here today and then just grieving with the parents and seeing how they found out and things like that. So uh, more to cover on this on the podcast, but what else coming up, guys? Well, I'm going to be talking about the Benham brothers, the twins who be- became famous in 2014 for their HGTV sh- didn't happen, have, have since become conservative and, and Christian activists. They voiced their concerns about the shooting and said that we need more this, not more gun mm. laws. So we'll go into the details of what they had to say. Talking about a grieving father in Texas who lost his young daughter during the shooting. He found out about her final moments and said that she, quote, died trying to save her classmates. Mm. So we're going to talk about that story as well. Yeah, I mean, really incredible to think about some of these kids that were uh, I've, I've heard multiple stories now and and including the one you're going to go through billy and it's just it's incredible to think these you know eight nine ten eleven year olds are you know were, were that heroic really in in trying to react to that situation um so incredible stuff but will and tragic stuff so but we're going to start here um with more details now coming out on the gunman and what happened going into the shooting, and um, according to some of the cla- of the students who survived this shooting, um, he kind of he walked into the classroom and told the kids that quote it was time to die, and that was according to a fourth grader who survived the attack, um, and the 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 nine year old she was speaking to uh, a local news channel she had hid under or he I'm sorry he had hid under the table. Uh, during the shooting rampage and he said he shot the next person's door we have a door in the middle he opened it he came in and he crouched a little bit and he said it's time to die and when he shot it was very loud and it hurt my ear and he said the student said when he when he first heard this gunfire coming from outside the classroom he had told his friend we got to hide under something so we won't so he won't find us i mean very quick thinking to to be that cognizant of what's going on and what needs to be done and he said, I was hiding hard and I was telling my friend not to talk because he's going to hear us. Um, so they took cover underneath this table that had a tablecloth on it. And he said, when the cops had first entered the building, they were saying, yell if you need help. And then he said, this is this is horrifying right here. He says, then after the cops were trying to find out where the kids were and what was going on, one of the students uh, responded to that and said, help. And then the shooter overheard that and then shot her for for doing that so just just horrible horrible um and then moments later or sometime later the officer according to the student barged into the classroom and they started shooting at at the uh, suspect and then there was a shootout 
uh, of sorts. And during all of that, um, this young man said his teachers, Irma Garcia and Eva Morales, were uh, went in front of the classmates to help save them, according to this student, and they were both killed uh, in the shooting. And um, he was killed by a Border Patrol officer, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, and then he said that officer opened the curtain uh, over the table, and then he put his hand out. Uh, and then they were, they were, he said, we saw the armor and the shield, and I knew it was police. Um, so just incredible details, just, you know, painful to think about. Um, but you think about these kids that, that had incredible acts of heroism. We're going to hear more about uh, the student you're reporting on here, Billy, in a few minutes. Also acts of, you know, heroism, that, that one ended up not working out. But um, and they didn't make it, but some did. And um, regardless, the teachers' heroes, some of these students' heroes, this border patrol officer hero, uh, and so so much going on. And sadly, guys, instead of focusing on this, it's immediately de- delved into politics. And you're hearing a lot of, as you talked about on YouTube yesterday, Billy, the the emotional response is what we're seeing a lot of, and not a, not a lot of. Um, it, it's hard to say. You, you know everyone's feeling compassion, but the way it's coming out doesn't feel very compassionate. I know President, former President Obama was taking a little bit of flack for his tweet in which he said, as we grieve you know, the, the, the shooting in Uvalde, Texas and the lives lost there, we remember George Floyd. It's two years ago since he's been shot and we can't stop thinking about it. I'm paraphrasing here, but people who were critical of, well, can't we just more in these people here why are you going back to george floyd it was a very odd tweet so uh, but another one here guys this is and i i'm putting this one on here it's about a minute or so clip so if you can bear with it we'll respond but uh it, it kind of encapsulates a lot of what we're seeing so this is why i wanted to play it but it's it's Whoopi goldberg on the view calling for more gun laws and saying basically we're coming for your guns so uh, listen to this from Whoopi goldberg I want to thank Governor Abbott because he signed 22 bills this year, making it easier for mass shooters to buy, carry, and own guns in his state. Let's apply his abortion laws to guns by deputizing citizens to sue anyone involved in gun violence. So you sold an AR-15 at the gun show? See you in court. Does your neighbor have too big an arsenal? Call the cops. Actually, let's invoke some Supreme Court logic, too. Alito says abortion's not in the Constitution. Well, neither are AR-15s. So I guess the Constitution doesn't cover them either. Life is so sacred, then stop using guns to abort young lives. And, and stop, stop voting using for, guns. And, and stop to, voting for Republicans. <laughs> No, don't stop voting for Republicans. Yes. But get better Republicans in there. No, not Get right people now. who are going to look and say, okay, uh, we don't have to have AR-15s. Well, I want to keep my shotgun because I still hunt. Okay, you can have your gun, but you can't have your AR-15. You're going to get all in my business and tell me what my family can and cannot do? Neither can you. They're going to come for those AR-15s, and you better get ready to give them up. And there you go. She said, because this is America was how she tagged that. So, I mean, a lot to respond to there, guys. I'm not going to do it individually one by one, but talking about the laws that Abbott signed, saying it's easier for these people. Um, 
you actually and Billy, I thought you'd be interested in this one because you kind of ranted about the when the abortion law in Texas that they it could open the door for them to make the case to to start suing gun owners and it's yep. all it's only Whoopi Goldberg so far, but no, that's, it's it's that'll, California. That, yeah, California that'll threaten this too. So yep. yeah, so that that they're already invoking that. We'll see what that happens there, and then comparing it to abortion is just, I mean, it's a tough one because. Your intent—it's not even really close. It's, it's on abortion. You're intentionally ending the life of a child in the womb, and in this case, um, it's someone else that's just using something available that the, then they do so that. Ninety-nine point nine nine percent of people don't do, and then an extreme minority does it, and somehow that makes Republicans responsible for it. And of course, the solution always. Don't vote for Republicans, so it's very political. But um, and again, that wouldn't as if that would stop mass shootings to to only have Democrats in office. If somehow violence would stop once all Democrats were in office, I mean, it's just it's beyond the pale, and it's really kind of grotesque when you're reading about all the things that we just read about that happened in this, and that what we should be focused on and praying about and and um, working on uh, to hear these these kind of points being made it's it's tough to hear but um, why does it matter i mean i think we kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday that as christians we need to be focused on the heart focused on the spiritual side of things there is a spiritual brokenness in this country and specifically with young men because that you don't see you don't see young women coming out here and shooting up the place that doesn't really happen so what is going on with the young men in america that at least more than should be, even though it's not a an epidemic. I mean, it's still very rare, but when it does happen, it's young men. What is going on that is causing certain young men to respond in this way and to act out in this evil, horrific way? Where are we going wrong on that front? That is That is nothing to do with the guns. You can put in all the gun laws you want. They'll find a handgun. They'll find a knife. They'll find, they'll run a car into crowds that if they're really bent on killing people, they will find a loophole there. You know, you can't just legislate all, you can't legislate out violence in the heart. So, so that's why it matters, obviously. So I'm opening it up to you guys here. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's so complicated and you know, there's so many emotions. It's our, it's an incredibly emotional issue. And you could hear Whoopi Goldberg was essentially hyperventilating almost, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, with anger because, and, and what issue did she invoke? She invoked the abortion issue. There's a lot of that happening right now, you know, because of what's going on with Roe, this is actually really a recipe for some cultural and social disaster because of that, you know, you have any day now, you're going to have this ruling after these massive shootings, these issues that really have nothing to do with each other. Yes, they involve life, but they're completely different issues are being conflated. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of memes that are going around, you know, people are getting really fired up um, about this. And so I'm, it makes me a little nervous to see how people are going to react when we when we get that row ruling because they're being sort of ginned up on what you heard Whoopi going on about. But but I would mention, you know, it's interesting the American public, I think it was May 18th through the 20th, CBS News and YouGov uh, did a survey asking and this is after the Buffalo shooting before this Texas shooting, you know, should the laws on gun sales be stricter and more than half of the country is saying yes. You know, it's one of these weird issues where nobody really knows what that means though. They people want stricter yeah. laws. 
but they're not really sure what that means. And so I think this is where you got to kind of sit down and have the conversation. Are there anything, is there anything you can do legally to make this issue better? And I think on the right people, if there, if there is something people on the right need to concede to that, but if there's not people on the left need to realize, okay, maybe there isn't as much we can do, but to your point, Dan, the real issue that you cannot legislate is what is in people's hearts that leads mm. them to a place to think that walking into a school and slaughtering 19 children and two adults is an okay thing to do. That is that is the real problem. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, like I was saying yesterday on our the CBN, our, our YouTube video, is I, I think politicians need to be transparent and be sincere and uh, media personalities, whoever it is like speaking out about this stuff, just taking pot shots at somebody politically is not helping anybody. And it is, I think one of the least respectful things you can do to somebody who has just endured such an awful yeah. tragedy. So I think we owe that to them. If we're going to politicize it two days after the fact, you know, one hour after the fact, whatever, you know, people can't control what other people do. But if you're going to politicize it, at least do it in a way that's respectful to the, you know, that meets the moment of the tragedy that just happened. And then also regarding what you're saying, Dan, about young men, and I know this is, this is an, an opinion that not everybody shares, but I think some of it is uh, the fact that culturally, at least in the past, uh, you know, I know that there are complaints that are legitimate complaints and concerns about how we treat males and females these days. Obviously, we've talked about that ad nauseum here, um, but I think some of it is men are not historically taught to deal with their emotions. Uh, they're not taught to to be compassionate. Uh, they're taught to, to kind of bottle everything up. You know, that's just kind of is the way that men are kind of keep it to themselves, whatever, and that's fine. And you, you put on a brave face. Um, and I think a lot of times men are not taught to, to really evaluate themselves emotionally. Uh, so I think that I think that factors in. I mean, there's there's a whole litany of, of things that are factored in here. But I, I think that's one of them. But that's just that's my opinion. So yeah, no, and I, and I think, you know, I don't know much and if there's much information about this um, shooters parents and and yeah. and what, what was going on there. But I heard that they might have been potentially some drugs involved and things of that nature. And so when you're just not even really there and you're not fully present even to begin with, let alone just perpetuating sort of male stereotypes um, about, oh, you know, quit your crying, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's even, it's even compounds it even more because then they're, they're having to learn that stuff from peers. Sure. And, um, and, and I don't, and again, I don't know, was he bullied? I have no idea. But if you have a lack of parental support and then you get thrown into, you know, a school environment with a bunch of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of peers and becomes a survival of the fittest essentially. <laughs> and, you know, the kids that don't, don't happen to rise to the top of the social pecking order. It's a, it's, it's a tough road to hoe for them and obviously not making excuses here, but just saying it's a recipe for disaster when you're, you're, you're putting kids that are, are unguided that don't have mentors over them that are not teaching them how to behave and respond like, like a young man should and like how God would expect them to respond and to treat other people when you're not getting that anywhere. And then you're just thrown into a ring to fend for yourself. I mean, it's, you know, obviously not most kids are still not even in that situation aren't going to turn to be become killers, but you can see how it's a toxic brew and it certainly makes conditions ripe for, for, for not good things to happen. 
Yeah, and, and research on this shows, you know, just as a final comment here, that, you know, the vast majority of school shooters, they come from either dysfunctional families or single-parent families, um, you know, that there that there is not, you know, the normal structure that you would see in a home for the vast majority yeah. of them. I think it's over 70%. There have been, there's been a lot of analysis on, on this, and that's an important detail, too, here. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, to, you know, I, I think this, this just shows why, God designed the family to be the way that he yeah. designed it to be, right? Because like you said, Dan, people are responsible at the end of the day for their actions. But God designed this hierarchy within the nuclear family for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know, we're, we're reaping some of the consequences of, of, not, uh, of not celebrating that structure um, in our culture. So, all right, story number two. So the twin brothers, Jason and David Benham, they're the, the real estate duo whose HGD, HGTV show was canceled in 2014, really just due to their Christian beliefs, particularly on sexuality and abortion. They've since become pretty outspoken Christian uh, advocates and have done some activism, particularly with the abortion issue. Uh, they said this week that culture and men in particular, which is interesting given what we were just talking about, uh, need Jesus, not more gun laws. Uh, obviously, the statement comes uh, in, in the wake of the, the shooting in Texas that we've been talking about. They posted on Facebook, there's not enough gun laws on earth to turn a young man from a predator to a protector, but there is a king whose name is Jesus that can help step in that can step into the heart of a man and change him from the inside out they went on to write unfortunately we don't want this king our nation glorifies everything that stands against king jesus and his kingdom fruit love joy peace patience kindness gentleness and self-control and as a result we're losing our young men and have lost the soul of our nation Uh, so far the post has been shared more than six thousand times and it's been liked at least thirteen thousand times so it's clearly uh, resonated with people uh, so obviously the post came after everything unfolded and particularly was in response to all of the political talk that we were just talking about and, and jumping into the politics of it. Senator Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, he seemed to claim that Republicans who don't want sweeping gun control laws uh, enacted simply are, quote, not willing to save lives. And then Senator Ted Cruz uh, responded to that uh, and said that there are more solutions than just trying to restrict, quote, the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. So we've seen that back and forth already, uh, as we were just talking about, just two days uh, two days removed. Uh, Cruz also tweeted uh, right after the shooting uh, that he and his wife Heidi were, quote, fervently lifting up in prayer those who were impacted by the event in Uvalde. And as Axios reported, he was actually rebuked by AOC and other Democrats uh, for turning to prayer in the wake of the attack. But as for the Benham brothers, they concluded their post saying that America does not have a gun problem but a heart problem. Uh, he said the rat, or they said, uh, the radical left says it's all about the guns, but it's the heart that holds the gun. A gun in the hand of a good man brings peace and protection, but a gun in the hand of a bad man brings pain and destruction. Our nation has a heart problem, not a gun problem. Uh, they continued, exalt Jesus once again. Teach your young men to deny themselves, become men of God, and fight against evil instead of perpetuate it. 
Our boys need to be called up to something much higher than video games, binging shows, and pornography. There's so much more in Christ. Let's do our part as we grieve the families in Texas today. Let's look at our own kids, our spheres of influence, our churches and schools, and let's call these young men to lay down their lives, bow to Jesus, and pick up his cross and follow him. Until then, this path of destruction will never stop. And look, I think the takeaway here, why it matters, is they're hitting the nail on the head. We've talked about this so many times that at the root, Billiana, you've mentioned this uh, several times, that at the root, this is spiritual issue, a spiritual issue, whether it's sexuality, uh, abortion, or something as, as just despicable as this, it is at its root a spiritual issue. And the only formula that can actually do anything to really weed it out and to actually heal it uh, is the gospel. Other stuff is just band-aids. And it's, I'm not saying that we shouldn't put some stuff in place or revisit laws and whatever. I think it's good to put preventative measures in place. But until we want to deal with the root issue, people are going to find workarounds. To your point, Dan, they'll use a bus, they'll use a knife, they'll yep. use whatever. You have to address the evil in the culture if you want to really solve this problem. Yeah. No, 100%. And you look at a place like Australia, a lot of people say, oh, see, Australia took all the way the guns and uh, look at that. They don't have any more shootings. And um, there's still shootings there, but other crimes have like skyrocketed. Your chance of getting raped or assaulted in, or robbed in in uh, Australia is much higher than other places. So, um, so it's not like the evil goes away once you just remove guns from the situation. And again, arguments like that are so frustrating because America's not Australia. We've had a history of um, the Second Amendment, and so there's 400 million guns in the country. Like you can't just turn that off. <laughs> you know, other countries don't have that history. And so they don't have 400 million guns on the street and, and, a, and a gun culture where people very much value the second amendment. And, um, and it's not as Whoopi said, it's not just about hunting. Uh, you know, there's actually something to bet. It's quite interesting that places like Venezuela and Hugo Chavez went on to, do a um, mandatory buyback and basically de-arm the country before going crazy and, uh, you know, and inflicting a bunch of control on the citizens. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how that works. All these countries with tyrants seem to disarm the, the populace. A little easier to control the populace that way when they're unarmed. So anyway, so it's not just about hunting. That's Those are all uh, kind of red herrings. But anyway, but yeah, to your point there, I mean, the, the heart change led by the gospel is really the only way. I mean, that is where the primary conversation should be. I mean, to, to quote Dr. Phil, uh, how's that working out for you? What you guys are currently doing? You know, clearly the society has a brokenness to it. And like you said, it's not going away. Sin's not going away, but we're not addressing it in the right way. You don't look at the inanimate object and say, well, that's it. We solved that and we're good. Like, no, no, absolutely not. You're you're missing the root of the problem. It's the same thing with pornography. We've talked about this. Like, yeah, it's okay to put on the filters and all that other stuff, but until you change your heart and your heart's desires, you're going to keep finding workarounds on that. Like that's just how it works. You're not you're not solving the problem by that. I mean, it helps you to you know, in certain times, but um that you got to work together on those things. It's not either or. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, you have to get to the roots. If you think about a plant, right, you plant the seeds, you've got the roots and then the plant comes up. And right now, when we talk about gun laws, we're talking about pruning, you know, are we pruning properly? And I do think 
at the end of the day, we have to get to the root. If we don't, just like you were saying, Dan, if we don't cure that, we don't cure any of this. That is, what is it that is in, not to be repetitive, in the hearts of people that make them think that it's okay to do these things, right? Um, and yes, these are rare events. They're very deadly and shocking events, particularly when they're not happening at the same rate in other parts of the world. I do think as believers, and this is the part that's going to make people huff or roll their eyes probably, we do have to pull back. And we have to take the all the political associations off and say, and all of us, we have to ask the question, are there any laws that would actually help with the pruning, right? Are we doing enough pruning? Does the, does the yard look good? No, it doesn't. So are there any laws that can help us do that? If there are, then we need to talk about them and we need to debate them and we need to have a healthy discourse in the confines of what the Constitution allies, allows with our rights, right, with our Second Amendment rights. And so I think a lot of us aren't willing to take that step back. And I know I haven't been in the past. I do think our challenge as believers is to the truth, not to a political party or a movement. And so we have to pull back on that, have that conversation. But at the end of the day, no matter what the results of that conversation are on the pruning front, we have to get to those roots. And the problem right now is that one side of the aisle, and I'm going to generalize, is not interested in pulling back and looking at that. And the other side of the aisle has no interest in looking at the roots. And that is the real real chaotic problem here that we've got to address. So I don't know if you guys want to respond to that, but I, I did want to say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the one thought that I have is, uh, well, I think you're right that I do think that both sides need to be willing to concede that the other uh, might be right in some, in some ways, you know, there might be some truth that the other, to, to what the other side is saying, but there's so far an unwillingness to, have a sincere and honest conversation, which is unfortunate, uh, because I think a lot of Americans is separating themselves from the 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 hyper partisan politicians. A lot of Americans are are okay and and interested, even if it's difficult, in having the conversation. I think the comparison you're making, Dan, uh, to pornography in this issue, obviously they're very different, but but I think it's a good comparison because the internet filters and and the, the accountability partners and all this stuff that you put in place are fantastic speed bumps, right? In that they mm -hmm. give you a really good opportunity to rethink how fast you're going. You know, you, each speed bump you go through, it gives you one more chance to recalibrate. But I think it has to be coupled with that moral understanding of what truth is. Because if you don't have that understanding, then you can put all the laws and all the speed bumps in place that you want, but nobody is going to be convicted enough to reevaluate and recalibrate their decision if they're not aware that there is a moral principle there that needs to be applied. So I think if we're just going to put laws out there, but we're not going to have the moral conversation, then it's absolutely useless and it will actually end up only hurting the people who are uh, you know, law-abiding and moral. Uh, so yeah, I think the conversation has to be both. It can't be one or the other. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. All right, let's check on, uh, uh, head on into the, uh, to the last story uh, of, of the day. All right. All right. This is just heartbreaking. Obviously, it's a continuation of what we're talking about here, but we've got a grieving father who lost his young daughter on Tuesday in the shooting. Um, and, you know, his name is Angel Garza. And I have to tell you, out of all of the segments, the news segments that I've watched of late, this was the most 
painful one to get through for so many reasons. It was an interview with CNN's Anderson Cooper. Um, and Angel discussed his 10-year-old daughter, Amory Jo Garza. He described her as the sweetest girl. He said she was just the perfect kid. Um, he had recently bought her a cell phone for her birthday, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, in fact. And here's what he said. He said, she was just trying to do the right thing. She was just trying to call the cops. That's all. I just want people to know that she just died trying to save her classmates. She wanted everyone to be safe. What apparently happened in the classroom, and we'll listen to a clip in a moment uh, that describes how he found out about this, um, but is that she took her cell phone out and tried to call the police and was trying to save her classmates and was killed. Um, and so Garza, the father, is actually a medical aide. He arrived on the scene. Um, he was helping people there on the scene. And Dan, let's let's roll the clip so we can hear what he was told once he got to the school. She just tried to call the police. She tried to. She actually tried to call. Yes, I got confirmation from two of the students in her classroom that she was just trying to call the authorities. And I guess he just shot her. How you look at this girl and shoot her? <laughs> oh, my baby. How do you shoot my baby? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he hears, obviously, her there from you know, the students there and here's this really just tragic news about his daughter. And another thing in this interview that really stood out was him talking about the fact that this little girl who had come up to him, you know, she was covered in, in blood and you, and you think about this. And one of the things we talked about in the show yesterday was that these children in the room who didn't die, who watched this happen and who survived it, um, what they're going to go through after this, that's a whole other part of this tragedy. And so you get a sense of some of that chaos, but it was just such a heartbreaking interview. One of the other things he said about his son, his three-year-old son, uh, was that this is a kid who obviously loves his sister, wakes up looking for her every morning morning and you know they had to tell their little boy this three-year-old if you imagine this that that his sister is gone and is with god now and will no longer be with the family and it's just i mean it was amazing to me that this father was able to get through any of this mm. but he's clearly emotional as he's talking about it breaking down at moments crying as he holds a picture um, of his daughter and so the big takeaway here is just that this is obviously a horrendous event and you know this country while people sit here and argue over the different details of it the command that i think we have is to figure out how do we stop this and and how do we do that we do what we talked about before reaching into people's hearts reaching more people with the truth mm. yeah heartbreaking stuff and uh i mean i just look at it again as a parent and watching that father like you said, Billy, I don't know how he was able to even stand on his two feet. You know, that's an evidence of God's mercy and grace right there. Just giving that man enough energy and strength to even speak rational words at that particular moment in time, because it's just unfathomable to think about that. It's 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 enough to lose your child. But then to in this way, um, as he mentioned in the one clip, he said, you know, how can you look at this girl and shoot her? Um, it's. I mean, these are just little kids. I mean, it's just, it's beyond comprehension. It just, and it just really shows that evil exists. The evil exists in this world and there's no getting around that fact. And that is a truth that we know 
why it's here. We know how sin entered the world. And, you know, God's restraining evil to some extent. And so we should be thankful for every bit of restraint that God places on people to restrain evil. But um, that doesn't mean that some of it doesn't happen. And it's not going to end happening until Christ returns and we're all dwelling in heaven with with, with perfection, uh, you know, with no sadness, no tears, no pain, no sorrows in, in heaven with Christ Jesus. And so we can look forward to that day and have that hope, as that father said, she's with God now and pray for them. But that is the that's the that's the hope and the peace that they can hold on to in this time. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's so difficult. We've all done it to to be like Anderson Cooper, to be the journalist who's talking um to these people. So I, it's, it's important that we highlight these stories. I just want to, you know, credit any journalist who's out there and is willing mm-hmm. to, um, to go to these tough situations and tell these stories. I know we've, we've talked a lot about CNN, but this I think is, is, is a creditable moment, right? That they should be uh, lauded for, for, for telling these stories and for giving these parents a platform. Because I think so often when you're this early on in the process, part of grieving is just, celebrating your child because I I just can't I cannot even begin to wrap my mind around uh, what all of them are feeling even we have a story on on faithwire.com now of Harris Faulkner of Fox News uh, right reading a bible verse and and just breaking down in tears and and having to take a break from the segment and comes back at the end and apologizes saying that she just had to recompose herself so I, and that's just a, a reporter covering the issue so I cannot fathom the grief and the pain that these parents are going through so uh, definitely like you said Dan this is a credit to uh, to God's goodness and to God's, you know, the Holy Spirit just empowering him to be able to, to speak and to share about his mm-hmm. his child's death. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, it's unfathomable. It all is. Around. It is, and it's just. I mean, look, kids, they just sort of represent, uh, you know, in a in a worldly sense, they represent uh, when people look at them, they represent sort of the future or. A hope, right? You look at a young child and you think, wow, they've got their whole life in front of them. And we all were there at one point in our lives. So we can kind of reminisce to when we were back there and you had the whole world in front of us. And, you know, your biggest thing that day was going, I don't know, at the playground at recess or something like that. Um, and you, and so we can all look back at those times and remember fond memories from our childhood and different things from our childhood. But, you know, just as a whole, when we look at kids, you know, you kind of think about, oh, they're the ones coming up. Like they're so impressionable, you know, they're still learning. Um, they're, they're going to be great leaders and there's going to be, who's going to be the next superstar athlete. And, um, and so when we see children hurt like this, um, part of that dream and that kind of that hope for them, even if you don't know them, just kind of, it's so sad that it's taken away. And um, obviously God has a purpose in everything and, and God's timing is perfect timing. And those, those kids are in heaven with, with their creator. And so, uh, you know, we can rest in that, but it is, I think that's part of the reason why it's just so tough to, to see with kids, especially any, anytime loss of life, it's, it's bad, but particularly with kids, when, when you factor in all that's in front of them, it's, it's just so tough to digest. These moments make us reflect on our, on our own lives and the fragility of life too. And I think that's what's yeah. happening in the midst of, of all of this for so many. Mm. Well, that is all the time we have for uh, today's podcast, guys. And it's it's a tough one. It's a tough week. You know, it's an emotionally heavy week. So continue to be in prayer for everyone who is grieving right now. 
Um, it's still going to be very raw and for them and obviously not going away anytime soon, that pain. So continue to pray, help where you can. And, um, you know, maybe that starts in your own community, ministering to people that might be lost and down and, and looking for some help and needing Christ. So God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow.